Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today I am at the Basha United Church sitting down with Reverend Robin King for the first time in a little while. So Robin, welcome back on the podcast. Thanks, Ben. It has been a while. Yeah, you haven't forgotten how to, how to, you know, where to have the mic and all of that uh, good stuff, have you? The, the what? The, the microphone, you know, the, keep, it, keep it close. Is that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I know it hasn't been that long, Robin. It's been a while, but it's... That's true. Now, yeah. we have had some pretty awesome guests on the podcast, um, some fabulous conversations, sure. uh, all kinds of topics. I'm not going to start listing them, but... If you haven't listened in a while, you should go back and listen yeah, to the podcast. There's, yeah, there's definitely sure. some content there worth worth checking out, and we'll have lots more guests throughout the rest of the year as well. But um, every once in a while, you and I get to to sit down and just talk about yeah. something that's either going on in the community or impacting our uh, faith community here at, with Rising Spirit, or uh, lots of lots of different topics yeah. and and stories. So, what we wanted to talk about today is some of the stuff that's going on this summer. And right now, this week, uh, you're right in the middle of, I guess, well, I guess almost at the end of uh, the summer kids program at the Pinocchio United Church. And the next week, that's going to be coming here right. to Basha. Right. And it's called Holy Moses. So No, no Ben, it's called Holy Moses. Oh, you well, have to yes, get the right you know, tone. The emphasis yeah. is everything. Yeah. And is there an exclamation mark? There darn well is, Ben. Just one? Just one, yeah. Okay. Well, I, well, yeah. We thought about a couple or three, but, you know. Well, I like how you said it. So why don't you um, tell us a little bit about what the program is, and then we're going to unpack more of the story behind how you got into this whole creating and offering summer kids programs uh, through the church. It's You've been doing it for a while now. How many years? Uh, a lot. <laughs> Um, we've been, uh, how long? Well, you know, we had that great chasm of emptiness that we didn't do in person ones. Was that like five or six years it lasted? I don't know, two. Um, the great chasm of like emptiness. It, yeah. That's, I like that. I've, yeah. That's a new one. We, in fact, I remember, uh, oh, what was the very first one? It was Summer of Saints, I think. It was like, I don't know, 12 years ago. Like, it was a long time. Um, and, the first few, we just kind of, we had an idea. We had some, we wrote some stories, we had some songs and our, the real creativity around it was more around, um, once we had all the kids, what do we do with them? Um, <laughs> rather and then we kind of got into a rhythm of that and then it kind of became, uh, we created something, uh, like we had a, um, uh, like a plan, a schedule. Well, we had a plan the first one, but we had more of a schedule. Like we we worked on, like we came up with games and crafts and everything. So everything all tied together and mm. it was super creative. And um, we had, in fact, we got to a point where we, we, we basically published four, five of them um, because like it had been so, it yeah, a... we packaged it as a whole and it was a whole, it was a little of a whole packaging right down to a list of the supplies you need and all that kind of, kind of stuff. So and basically these are, these are church camps that are not like, you know, your vacation Bible school. Like I know you don't like no, that they're, term. No, they're half day. It's a day yeah. camp. Yeah. Yeah. It's a day. It's they they run 930 to noon. The, the thing is what we, what we designed was something that could also, speaking of packaging it. Um, you could also use it as a five-week Sunday school program. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, here I am saying Sunday school um, after you just said, yeah, I'm not fond of VBS. The thing is, 
one of the places we came to with this, all of this was that um, we realized that we were moving away from the traditional vacation Bible school um, where, you know, you might memorize some verses and it was very much um, Sunday school on a weekday, for lack of a better way of saying that. Um, and we made a community program that has a theme um, that's meaningful and inspiring and supportive. And uh, we connected kids to God that way, rather than saying, here's God who does all this other stuff. We said, here's all this stuff and see, this is where you can see God in things and, and where God is. And, and we, we connected um, life to the stories yeah. in the Bible and the characters in the Bible and, and, uh, um, and, and it was, it was, uh, I'm, I'm just talking about that a little bit because it was, we, we were so, um, uh, creative and industrious about it. And then we ran into two years of, we had to do it online. And that was a whole, that was a whole different thing because you had, you, you, you didn't have kids in the room. You had to create something that they could respond to online. Right. And, um, something that would hold their attention online. Nobody knows that more than these days now, more than school teachers do. Um, but, uh, we had two years. So this year when we had kids for the first time again, after a couple of years, and I know it just, it sounds like we say, Oh, two years. That's two, just, just two years. Come on. That's an eternity. Um, when you're talking about kids that grow up, it is because, you know, you took a, a seven year old kid right now. Yeah. They were four the last time that they right. had a normal summer. Yeah. Yeah. That's not even the same human being anymore. No. And, and, uh, even like kids who were, you know, uh, might've been, you know, nine or 10 when they came, uh, you know, two summers ago, um, uh, cause well, it'd be like, this is the third year, right? Yeah. Um, that now they're, yeah, they're a completely different person than they were then they're years older. I mean, it's, it's, and so, uh, and some of the kids who came to the last one that was in person are now too old to come. Yeah. I, I sorry. Let me say that differently. They're old enough that they're they've moved on to other things, right? And there you, is you know, an age, like you. So we do have an age. We do have an age. We have a 12? frame, but we're kind of usually kind of yeah. We're we try to be as flexible as we can around that, especially if there's family involved and um, like like more than one one child from from a family. Um, but yeah, we do have an age range because that's what we plan for, right? Mm-hmm. And so we need to know we need to know stuff like numbers. We need to know how old those kids are and then we can adjust things, make sure we have the right amount of supplies and the most important thing of all, enough snacks. Um, <laughs> and and then we're ready to go, right? And when we first did this, I don't know, like I said, 12 years ago, I think, or whenever that was, um, the first two or three years were just like, it was a crapshoot. We had no real idea what we were going to have. And, and so we tried to create something that we could make super flexible. And then we adapted to the, and then we got into a rhythm of it, like I said, and got to be more creative and more, um, um, specific about things. And, and, you know, our, our, our crafts got to the point where, um, 
we kind of, in fact, had to kind of cut them back a little bit because they were getting into the, the yeah, a 10-year-old could do that if they had three days kind of a craft. <laughs> um, and they were getting expensive and, they, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, this year, it felt like we were back at square one. Like literally back at square one. And not just because we hadn't done it in person for two years, but because, you know, we, we promoted it and advertised it the same way we did three years ago, the last time we did it in person. And um, the response was like the first year we did it. Just very small. People yeah. didn't understand what it was about, didn't know what it was, very small number of kids or parents with, with kids responding. Um, and it was just honestly like we'd gone back to square one. And this week, in fact, has been very much like those early programs where we we had a plan, we had an outline, we had stories, we had songs, we have videos, we have all that stuff, and some games and crafts and things. And each day we've been just adapting and um, you know getting getting back to realizing how long that. Uh, activity will actually keep them occupied for hmm. and it turns out it's not as long as we thought so um, why why do you think that is robin because even if you know i mean not to suggest that you and i are old or anything but three years is a lot for for a seven-year-old or an, or an eight-year-old but when you get to our age three years ago doesn't feel like it was that long ago at all so you you and laurie have all does these it years though? well it does doesn't. It feel, though, I mean, it, it feels like the the pre-pandemic times were were a long time ago in some mm -hmm. ways, but all these years of experience that you and Lori have of putting on the program, all of that experience you're carrying with you, that I'm curious about why um, some of this stuff is feeling like foreign or new or different or needing to adapt on on the fly. I think. What do you think that's all about? I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think there's more than a couple of reasons. Probably a bucket load of reasons but um i think some of those reasons are things like um i i do think the manner in which we interact has changed because mm. of uh because of being um you know being in a situation where we were trying to isolate or we were at the very least wearing masks and and you know what this goes so far away beyond kids this is like everybody um i had a wedding a week ago where I literally did not, we were out in a field, but it should have been, I should have recognized people at the wedding. And, um, in fact, I, when I talked to one of them later, those people later in the week and said, I hadn't, like, I literally had not seen them at this wedding. And it, we realized that it was because the, the, the wedding involved, uh, the way I would have known these people was through the seniors facility here. Okay. Um, people working at the seniors facility, which means I have not seen them in person without a mask on for two years. That's why I didn't see them. I like I literally did not see them because they didn't have a mask on, and it's not like I didn't know what they looked like because I'd seen them before that. Right. It's just that for two solid years I'd not seen them without a mask on, and suddenly they had no mask on, and and I was looking at the crowd and just thinking I don't recognize anybody, hmm. and it's just it was ridiculous. And so I think I think part of it is part of it is the whole isolation thing, but also the the disconnect that was created by uh, masking, social distancing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, and and I think that's not just about that's not just kids, especially little kids who've grown up with that. Right. That's what they know. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's also uh, adults and and like everybody and and de- depending on your work environment, it could be better or worse, I guess. Um, but uh, I also I also think that um, we have this idea still, no matter how much we talk about we don't or we shouldn't or whatever, uh, that people still talk about. Um, it, well, they might even they might even say the new normal. Like there's something that's normal and what was normal and getting back to that normal. I hope we don't get back to that because I hope we've progressed enough that we don't regress to that time. But the phrase getting back to normal does suggest that we just want to remove the things that have, the new stuff that's right. come along that we don't like, right. the restrictions, but it's, but, the, but all it's of an, that. the thing is, the thing is, thing is, it's not about, it, it's not about getting back to anything. It's about a new beginning, right? Mm-hmm. We literally have a new beginning. And that was my, that was my feeling with these kids programs this year was, it was just like the first year we did it. It was literally like the first year we did it. Um, I'd planned something, but then as I was sort of writing stuff out and doing a schedule and working um, out the games and activities with other people um, who had some really great ideas and stuff for that, we we realized in the last what, three, four days, well, this morning and the three days before, that what we thought was an activity that might take 20 minutes turns out to take 10. <laughs> or it takes 10 because... Yeah, we're done with this now. Right. Right? It, they're not engaging it the way we thought they were going to engage Got it. it. Right? Yeah. And uh, that's not just kids. That's adults, too. And it's not just... And uh, that's not just the whole... Let's be honest. Um, it will be uh, an unusual thing for a church to have all of the people that they had prior to the pandemic sitting in a pew on Sunday morning. It will. I mean, unless mm-hmm. they've gain some new people good on them but we've kind of uh, excuse me we've kind of come to this point where um not only have we gotten a little bit used to maybe being able to watch it online and not necessarily a live stream but watch the recording later uh if we want to so we've got that whole flexibility thing that flexibility with that has created the opportunity for us to do other things on a sunday morning yep. and those might be other things that we like more or that are more meaningful to us or you know there's there's a thousand and one different, re- or it might have simply have been people who just, they're just not interested anymore. People um, have created new routines. Right. And then new and routines. Yeah. Yes. And so, then those new routines, there, there's an inertia in those yeah. patterns that we go through the week. And yeah. then it takes, it really takes something to upset that inertia and overcome that inertia. And this is a whole new beginning is, is where I'm at. <laughs> This is a whole new beginning where I, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not returning to anything. It's not, oh, if we can only get that going again, it's a, um, what's that? Uh, oh, I'm sure others have used this, but, uh, um, uh, Marcus Borg wrote, uh, a couple of meeting Jesus again for the first time. Hmm. And, uh, there was a Bible one too, that was that same idea of again, but for the first time. Right. And I think that's kind of where we're at is that it's, it's, it's new, it's new, but we're also aware that we've come through something that basically just like it chopped us off 
right? And, and what we were doing, suddenly we weren't able to do what we were doing. And we scrambled to find other ways to do that or, or, or ways to hopefully initially anyway, care for each other and do things for each other. And then it kind of went on and on and on. And then, then, you know, all of those things that in the beginning we thought, oh, I sure hope you remember this. Well, we didn't, yeah. it turns out. Um, but that that's not necessarily a bad thing if we are willing to see where we're at now as a new beginning, right? That we have, we have not, uh, it's not the struggle to recover, it's um, the uh, inspiration or the energy to make something new. So kids are used to that, like... The, especially the age range that you're working with with these summer programs, Robin, when you're five, you still have that that sense of wonderment and newness that so much of your day-to-day life experience, your lived experience is just brand new experience. So you have that, that wide-eyed wonder mm-hmm. that we think of kids always having. Well, for sure. In fact, thank you for saying that. I wish we all could now come to things that way right? well it, don't Rather you think that that's with, what the whole like you know come to the come to to the um, kingdom of heaven as a child right like, yeah yeah but 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 not just okay uh oh it's about to say something that could get me in a lot of trouble but um i'm gonna say instead the way i'm gonna say it is if we could see the kingdom of heaven as everything around us, how do we come to it, right? Rather than looking at the world around us and going, how do we make this something else? What if we looked at it and went, look how awesome this is. Mm. What can I build with it, mm-hmm. right? And and how can I, particularly with relationships, right? Particularly with how can I care for it? And like we, we it's, uh, I don't even want to say reset, but it is that, right? It's it's an it's a new beginning. We've had experience. We know where we're at, but we want to get going. Yeah, it's, trying really hard not to say get going again, but <laughs> but we want to get going and 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 do things. I, I think that's I think that's part of. Um, so, like I said, that my experience with the kids thing is is that it just feels like the very first time we did it, um, and that's not a bad thing. It's, it's, um, we've learned a few things and we've, we're learning more things all the time. Um, but I think it's also impacted things like volunteering. Um, and, and not just, not just from the point of view of, um, there are less people volunteering because there are, um, but also, um, that people who are volunteering, um, there's, and this is a good and bad thing, um, good and not so good. I hate saying it's bad, but, um, they're interested in what it is. They want to know what it is that they're volunteering for. And they want to be like, they're a little bit more they want to be really and, intentional. About they it. want to be intentional about it. Yeah. But, but at the same time, there's also people who want to be intentional about it because they want to know what they're getting out of it. Just yeah. to be clear, people who volunteer, volunteer, they don't get anything out of it. It's at volunteering. That's why it's go volunteering. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're volunteering because you get something, that's a that's kind of bartering, to be honest, isn't yeah. it? Um, and that's not a bad thing either, at all. It just isn't. In fact, it's a really positive way to get people engaged, mm-hmm. in the hopes that maybe they'll have an experience that's so positive they'll want to do it again, and it doesn't matter to them whether or not they get something out of it this time. Yeah. So there really is that really is a good way to get people in. But the other the other thing that's kind of uh, uh, I I think that 
at least what I'm seeing is what we're also what we also lost a lot of was the level of volunteer that is somebody who's willing to volunteer to lead like mm-hmm. somebody who's willing to volunteer to to doing to do something where they have responsibility right where they're responsible for organizing something or they're responsible for a team of people um they're the leader of the the group of volunteers you know those kind of things where there's a little bit more to it than simply I'll help out with that there's also an an element of I have some responsibility for something mm-hmm. right and um those those we need to we really need to work on that level of volunteering for sure but like all all of that right and it's all new it's all new so i have this visual popping into my head and i always you know this about me i always think in in metaphors it's like we're we've got this cruise ship that's kind of lost power and no one wants to be on a cruise ship after covid maybe that's not the best (laughs) post-covid analogy but we're let's say we're all stuck on this cruise ship and uh and and it's idle at sea and so we've lost our inertia we've lost our momentum and we and everyone knows that you know the larger the mass the more energy it takes to get that mass into motion again and so you have this giant cruise ship you want to get cruising again you want to get moving to to a, towards some kind of destination and maybe we do want to change course maybe we need to change course and change the trajectory of this journey we're on but it really is going to take something to build up that that to build up speed again to to get things moving um and we do want to think about what what direction we want it to point the ship in but we also need to fill all of these important roles that it you know it takes dozens probably i'm sure hundreds of people to make that ship go you know it's not just one captain you need the people who are doing the maintenance on the engines and you mm-hmm. need the people serving the meals. And, and I have no interest in, in taking a cruise just by the way, but it seemed, <laughs> it seemed like a fitting metaphor if you were, you know, wanting to, to be on a cruise ship, but it, it takes a lot of people just like it takes a lot of people to keep a church um, organization operating and providing programming, just like it takes a lot of people to do anything uh, that requires volunteers or to, to run in any, any kind of children's programming or any kind of community outreach program or support programs in the community. Uh, it's, it's never just one leader, right? So we've lost some of that capacity for sure in the last couple of years. We need to build up that capacity. Notice how I didn't say rebuild. We need to, we need to build it up. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Where, and where, where do you think we can look to for signs of hope or signs that, that it can be done? Because we just have to do it. We have to. We can't just say, well, we had a couple of years where things weren't normal, and so now we're just going to roll over and play dead and hope that someone else, you know, fixes the world for us. Yeah. Uh, this could be a moment where we just leave like a little pause in the audio and you later on you can install a soundtrack with crickets. Yeah, or just fill in the answer in the future when we yeah. when we come up with one. There's lots of people who have really good ideas about it. There's I think I think the basis of any really good idea for engaging people and volunteering is to engage them as people. Like person mm. to person. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, put up a, a sign that says we need volunteers. You have to actually get on the on the phone or send a message mm-hmm. or be be personal about it right um and then 
they need to have an experience that inspires them to want to share that they had an inspiring experience. And again, that hopefully will inspire others who want to, you know, and, and I'm sure there are, there are, uh, I'm sure there are programs. Uh, there are books, probably thousands, um, of how we do that. Mm -hmm. And, and of course now speaking of new, there'll be a whole glut of programs and books that are, in a post-pandemic world, how do we? Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, I that's great, and 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 I'll look at them, probably. Um, and uh, but but I also think uh, this is very definitely a moment where you need to remember that um, the people that you are dealing with are people, and being people, <laughs> they may not be like the people that the person wrote the book about or designed the program for. It needs to be adapted or understood. Understood is a better way of saying that. Delete adapted there. Uh, it needs to be understood in the context of the people that you are dealing with and how you know them, right? And how well you know them, right? Mm. Um, because it's your community. Uh, that's how you build community, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we do um, uh, Rising Spirit and, well, Bashaw in particular, uh, does a fair bit of fundraising that requires volunteers. Um, and uh, uh, two big chunks of that are during the summer, um, where uh, we ask people to volunteer for uh, two different, uh, for a, a stampede and a music festival. And um, and it, it takes a few people, and more than a few people, it takes a lot of people filling a lot of volunteer slots. And, and the community does it too, right? So it's not just, um, that. what's really cool about, what happens here is that we don't just have like, it's not just people volunteering to support the church. It's people volunteering, first of all, to support programs that the church is involved in. In the community. But it also, it's people supporting programs operating in the community that have nothing to do with the church um, as well. And um, it's sort of all organized as one sort of big thing. And, and that is a big shift from in the past and in a lot of other communities still today um, it's easy to, to view a situation like that as um, multiple organizations in the same community competing for the same yes. volunteers. You're, we want you to volunteer for our organization, yeah. right? We need those same, we yeah. need people to volunteer for that same weekend and for yeah. us. So, so instead of competing, we've in Yeah, in I'm not sure whether we'll just, since I avoided saying what the events were, I'll just name drop a couple of names. I'm not sure whether that was Jackie uh, Northy or... Uh, Christine Bulow, whose idea it was to try and work more collaboratively. Oh, now that I use the word collaboratively, it could have been either of them. So, um, or both of them working co collaboratively. Uh, but that was the idea, right? Is to be more collaborative about it and not compete about it. Mm -hmm. And and uh, what a, a what a bonus that is. And I'm sure that uh, there must be um, other organizations or other communities where they've done that. Um, before, like pre-pandemic, I'm sure there was, um, but it, in this post-pandemic world, I think that's actually uh, the way we are going to have to go. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the direction we've started to, to... Well, we were already headed that way, I think. Yeah. And yeah. as Rising Spirit, um, at a, at a, you know, if you zoom out a little further even, 
uh, all of the work, not just, you know, recruiting volunteers is one great example, but all of the work that we're doing as Rising Spirit is about that same collaborative right. model. Which is why it gets noticed, right? Is because it's not... And and I keep, like, honestly, I keep, um, I keep reading things where people say things about innovative ideas and something's a new idea. And I think... Um, yeah, we did that five years ago. Like, and and I want to be, feel a little, you know, I want to brag a little about that. I do I want to brag, a but you can't because that's everyone's experience is different, right? Every community, and that's the thing about um, communities, right? Is that your community? You need to get to know your, and that's part of the whole process of building community, right? Is knowing your community and knowing what's going to work, and uh, you know, uh, like I, I, I suspect one of the reasons why we're um, so able to provide volunteers to support the events that we do is that the communities in which those events occur, people in those communities don't actually want to volunteer for it, <laughs> whether that's because they want to come to it. Or whether it's because um, they just, it's, you know, they don't want to have anything to do with that side of it. or what, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. I don't even want to speculate on what it is. But it has created a real opportunity for people in other rural communities close by to be able to do things that help support their communities. So I'm nothing but grateful for that. Um, but, but again, communities are different right so they might be more interested in volunteering for a different kind of event or a different kind of thing that's going on in the community or maybe even volunteering for an event that's in another community right because it's something different it's not um at home and then they go get to go home afterwards right so there could be a thousand reasons for that um but i just the whole idea of being collaborative amongst organizations in a community um i think is a really uh, that's a really that's that's a new, and that's a newness in thinking about that. I think. Yeah. Um, and, Not, and I hope it quickly ceases to become new. Yeah, uh, it becomes uh, and becomes more that. Oh, I was about to say more than norm. Um, but the regular occurrence, more common. more common, more common. That's what I mean. So yes. this is not on, uh, not too unlike. Uh, Moses's experience of coming out of Egypt and facing a situation. Holy Moses, Ben! <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I need a, a drum kit here where I can do a little symbol thing or every time you do that. So, to, in, in our last few minutes here of this episode, I want you to tell us a little bit about how you came up with the Holy Moses idea, Robin, and what kind of each each of those days, just briefly, is uh, kind of about what you're hoping to teach the children. Um, and then how that also connects with everything else we've been talking about today. Um, if you're uh, if you're at all familiar with the story of Moses, and you might be from, say, I don't know, the Ten Commandments, the movie, <laughs> right? Charlton Heston. Everyone knows Moses looks like Charlton Heston, or is that Charlton Heston looks like Moses? Anyway, um, if you're at all familiar with the story, there are things that we tend to love to highlight about the story. Right, um, the famous um, uh, Moses, uh, because the Pharaoh wanted to kill off all of the uh, the Hebrew, especially male children, when they were born, because you know there were getting to be too many Hebrew slaves, and he was worried about it. Um, 
the story about Moses in the basket on the Nile, right? They go to hide him, and yeah. she, he's found by the princess. Parting of the Red Sea. There's, yeah. there's so, so many. he is raised in the palace, um, and then he he uh, uh, he kills a uh, um, uh, one of the Egyptians who's beating a slave, and and he ends up being thrown out of Egypt. He goes to Midian. There's a whole burning bush story. Then he goes back because God made him. And he goes back to Egypt and tries to lead the people out. And, of course, then you got the best part, the Ten Plagues, um, which uh, concludes with the famous uh, killing of all the firstborn. And then they uh, Pharaoh decides that now that they'll let them go. But then after they've left, he chases them. And you got the whole parting of the Red Sea story and the death of the entire Egyptian army as a result of that. And then we're off into the wilderness where everyone has fun and frolics. And, oh, the Ten Commandments. That's for, oh, and that bit about Moses breaking the Ten Commandments because, you know, they made a, a, a golden calf and, you know, that stuff. Um, I, my point is, I'm trying to sound that as, make that sound as horrible as possible because we do tend <laughs> to focus on those bits where it sounds like the, the plagues and the that kind of stuff is just, oh, man. All the suffering. Hey? And you know what? If you want to learn, if you want to spend time, if you want to spend time, I don't want to say learn the story that way, but if you want to spend time with that part of the story when you're older, by all means, please do. But I'm not telling that part of the story to six-year-olds and seven-year-olds and eight-year-olds. And so what we what we did was we came up with stories that um, are, well, the, the, the first day is, the first day is the story of uh, Moses in the basket um, and his sister. It's, it's really cute. His sister uh, takes him down to the Nile and hides him in the reeds, but um, she looks the other way and he floats off. The princess finds him. And the princess instantly loves him. And it doesn't matter that he's not Egyptian and she doesn't want anybody to tell her, her father that he's... It's all about how I don't care if he's not Egyptian. I love him anyway, right? And so we, we, focused, on the, um, we focused on the love um, love of everyone, love regardless. Unconditional. Right? Yeah. Unconditional. With the, that whole, that aspect of things. And um, then we jumped ahead to uh, Moses is raised in the... You have to talk about how Moses is raised in the palace because otherwise you don't get to have the children dance to walk like an Egyptian. And that, <laughs> that actually was pretty much the best part of that day. Anyway, um, then we jumped ahead to the burning bush story and we used it as an opportunity to once again remind people that... Um, remind the kids that the reason Moses has to take off his shoes because it's holy ground is because God is in all things, including the ground. That's why everything mm. is holy, mm -hmm. not just the ground right there, but everything is holy because God is in all things and uh, including us and we're holy too. Right. And so we get to tell that piece, but also how um, Moses tries to get out of it because uh, he doesn't want to go back to Egypt and also mm -hmm. because he doesn't think he's good enough and he doesn't why want me? the responsibility, and it's yeah. kind of a why me thing. And uh, and so we use that as an opportunity for God to um, say, you are enough. Just as you are, you're the one. Yeah. You're the one I need. Yeah. Just as you are, all, your, all the faults you think you have and everything, you are perfect for this just the way you are. And that, of course, then we get to talk about how, yeah, just the way we are is just right. 
right? And uh, then uh, we we had a story yesterday about um, them leaving Egypt and um, packing up to go and what can they bring because they all want to bring all their stuff. They've been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. They don't want to leave anything behind. And uh, it, it, the story is really about you can't bring anything except each other because that's what really matters, mm-hmm. right? Is It's us. Yeah. It's the people like that really that. matter. And that was also an opportunity to... We used a clip from uh, Prince of Egypt in a song that... Um, that gave us an opportunity to talk to the kids about how leaving Egypt wasn't necessarily fun. It wasn't happy because it was the life they, the only life they'd known. Right. And so they were leaving their home Yeah, as bad as it was. Mm-hmm. And with the hope of freedom, they were leaving their home. And so it gave us a chance to talk about that and how sometimes that's, uh, that can be hard, but rewarding and, and it was awesome. And then we're in the, we're in the wilderness um, and the people are feeling like, yeah, we should have stayed in Egypt. Um, we don't have any food. We don't have any water. And Moses, uh, um, God helps Moses find all of these things, right? And the people misinterpret it as Moses did it. Yeah. And so it's a whole so way to go Moses him. thing. Yeah. And then by the end of the story, they come around to, at least a few of them have come around to the idea that it was God. Way to go, God. And that... Um, the the point of that story is that uh, how we see God at work in the world, right? And and we talked, excuse me, we talked about that a little bit. And tomorrow, we'll talk about um, how hard it was for them to figure out how to be a community, how to be a people together, and um, that they thought maybe they needed a few ideas or maybe even a few rules, I guess, about. Um, how they could be with each other and like build relationships and things. And it turns out um, God had 10 really good ideas. <laughs> and um, so, so our, our, the thing is, the thing is, I, I think um, you grow up with the story, right? If, if you can, if you can do that, you can grow up. If you can grow up with the story, you can start with, um, you know, the, the love and the grace and everything. And then you can, you can add in some of the things that are a little bit more challenging. And then you can add in a little bit more of the story as kids get older. You don't start with God sent 10 plagues, one of which was to kill all of the firstborn children in a house, in, in, in all of the houses and everything. And the way to get around that was that they marked the, their door frame with blood from a lamb they just slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I don't know how you can tell program. a six, six or seven year old that. I, I don't, um, and and I get that. I'm I, I realize there's lots of traditions that do, and if it works for them, okay. I I can't do it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm happy to talk about it as as they get older. I'm happy to answer questions. Not necessarily happy, but I'll answer questions um, that they have and and. And uh, particularly as they get older, and then I'm happy with adults to talk about what that really means, mm-hmm. and that maybe it's not as literal as it sounds, and maybe it's not as spectacularly horrific as it looks like in a movie, yeah. um, you know. And and the same right through, and not just Moses, but right through there. Let's, it's the classic thing about the Book of Revelation, right? Speaking of 
the beginning of the Bible and the end of the Bible. Yeah, um, and any, anything the, in between. The classic thing about the book of Revelation is how people tend to interpret it as a horror story, mm-hmm. as a nightmare scenario. And it's not. It was meant to be a book of hope. And, and But you tell a six-year-old about the four, four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> and then try to convince them that it's about hope. And first of all, they're having nightmares forever now. But also, they're not going to really be able to get their head... I don't think they're going to be able to get their head around that. In yeah. fact, as adults, we often can't get our head around yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and But if you can introduce them to things like um, how God is about love and grace and compassion, and how God is about um, caring for others... Um, whoever they are and however they are and how God wants us to learn more about each other and engage each other mm-hmm. and find out more, especially when we're, it's things where we're different. I think that's where you got to start. We were even saying the other day, uh, I think it was on Tuesday, um, what we really need to do, uh, and we, we've kind of done this before, We because one year we did a program called Make Me, which is about... Um, connecting the creation story in the Bible to how we are creators, right? How we create and make things. And um, we, I, I think we'd call it imagine. And it would simply be um, being imaginative and creative um, around like storytelling and games and art. Crafting. And crafts and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Using our imagination in a way that expresses how we might find God or how we might know mm-hmm. God. And... Uh, yeah, that might. Uh, I I just uh, I I think that's the thing, right? Is that you you have to grow with it, um, and uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, you guys have found some. You and Lori have found some incredibly creative ways to um, like just uh, thinking back through all the years of the different programs. I remember when you guys started them, and our kids were. Uh, too young to participate, and then they've grown up through it all, you know, the last seven years or so, been part of it, um, and this year they're they're really looking forward to, to coming and starting on Monday here in Basha, um, but it sounds like this year you've really come up with some lessons and some stories that um, people of all ages would really benefit from from participating, and it makes me wish that it was a, a program for adults, too, I gotta say, our community could yeah. really... Uh, could really benefit from i gotta say a lot of the time and i'm just thinking back over the last few like last last year we did in fact the whole idea of holy moses came from the program we did last year which was called holy ground holy ground yeah and there was a lot in last year's program that was very much not age specific like it was very definitely not meant yeah. to be just for kids like yeah. but talking about grounding and our connectedness to the earth and we we told um some some stories uh some bible stories that emphasize that right our connectedness yeah. to the earth um not not even necessarily in an environmental or ecological way but just uh, our connectedness we are of all, the earth we're yeah. of the earth right yeah um, and we've done like the make me one that I mentioned that connects to creation. Superheroes and of the Bible. That was a good one. Superheroes of the Bible, where they all got to design their over the week. They they designed and made their own superhero costume and their own superhero logo. We even did iron on on t shirts and stuff, where um, it it encouraged them to think what their superpower was, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have these superpowers of Unique kindness abilities. and grace and compassion. And, yeah. and um, yeah, it's, it's, 
a lot of them, I think, um, are not just kid-specific. And in fact, actually, I would say a lot of the time when I, I try to write a story or retell a Bible story, um, I try to tell it in a way which um, um, appeals to the kid in all of us, mm. whether you happen to be six or 60, um, mm-hmm. that you might find something in it. Well, that's no different than your when you plan uh, a learning together, like the children's time. Yeah, at, that's in, the on point a Sunday of that. Mo- morning, um, every adult in the room uh, is or online is getting just as much from it. Maybe something different, but is getting loads out of that. Um, it's not just just for the kids. So it's um, not unusual for the learning together to actually be more morning, meaningful, <laughs> meaningful, more meaningful than the message on a Sunday morning sometimes, Ben. And and I think that's, again, that's because the point of it isn't to have the kids come and sit at the front so I can tell them a story, now go away. Yeah. It's yeah. so that they can come and we have conversation. They say stuff. They yeah. they have wisdom to share. Yeah. It's right? exactly what you call it, learning together. Yeah. So um, these summer programs that we've been talking about, some of them, as you mentioned, are available like because you've package them in a way that other church communities or mm-hmm. leaders, community leaders could, um, you know, use for it and to run a, a yeah. summer program in their own community. Those can be found, how, on our, are they on well, the, our website they right now? Actually, or they actually, some of them, and I just want to say, some of them have been around for four or five years, six years. Mm-hmm. Other uh, uh, churches have used them mm-hmm. and, and successfully. I've uh, heard really good things about some of them. And... Um, they are available through the church. They will one day be on the website. For purchase. Yeah, for yes. purchase. We we try and set up a little shop where we've got the those and some skits and things and some books, some children's books um, available. And uh, But we're just kind of, we're getting there slow but sure. Yeah, but for now. Uh, but for uh, now, it's just through the church, yeah. yeah. So that and, of course, always our previous epi- episodes of this podcast can all be found on our website at risingspiritministry.com. Um, this was awesome, Robin. It's fun to Thanks, get back yeah. uh, to get back into the church here for an episode with you and uh, always enjoy visiting you about um, the incredible work that you're doing in our community oh, and just your thoughts on on life. I, I love getting philosophical with you, which is what this podcast yeah. is always all about. Um, and look, we didn't even get too uh, too depressing about our, you know, prognosis of the state of the world. So the, oh, you so, mean like how we're about to have a seventh wave and, you know, interest rates just went up and well, there's I mean, war and take, throw a dirt, pestilence right? and famine everywhere. Yeah, and, take yeah. your pick. There's, yeah. there's, there's lots of stuff that... It, um, there's a lot going on right now. There is. There's, you know, I, I actually, I got a chance to say it several times this morning. We're in the hope business is the thing. I'm pretty sure we are. And now is a time that we need to be talking about that yep. and, and sharing that with everybody because there's lots of stuff. There's lots going on that is mm. really quite, uh, uh, it, it, it would be really easy to, um, it would be really easy to lose hope. It would. Um, but we have everything we need to move forward into something new and create a new thing. Yeah. And thank God for that. Yep. So thanks, Robin. Sure. Thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. 
Um, I'm not sure if we will take a few weeks break over the summer or not, but um, typically new episode of the podcast out every second Friday. And like I said, loads of awesome guests uh, that were on this year that you can check out um, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast just by searching Six Ways from Sunday or on our website uh, by clicking on podcasts on risingspiritministry.com and I hope you enjoy some of those and join us again sometime in the near future. Until then, take care and be well.